night. Merry Christmas to all my Mount Pleasant and Impact family, as well as any guests who are uh, joining us today for worship. Uh, I hope you had a great, great Christmas, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you have set aside this time for worship today. Uh, I want to also, Sandy and I want to welcome you into our home. Uh, we're so glad to have you as our guest, so to speak. Uh, we uh, had a crazy Christmas here yesterday. We have the blessing every year of having our entire family spend the night here at the house on Christmas Eve, and that means uh, we get to all wake up and experience Christmas together, uh, and that includes three grandchildren, and that makes it really special. So on Christmas morning, once everybody's uh, up and reasonably awake, uh, we read the Christmas story together from Luke chapter 2, and then it's pretty much a free-for-all when it comes to opening up presents, but it's always a lot of fun. I hope that you had a similar experience like that that was a lot of fun. I don't know what the month of December has looked like for you leading up to Christmas, but it has been one of the busiest months of ministry that I can remember in a long time. December is always like that. It's always busy, at least on some level, because of Christmas. But I've had so many extra things on my calendar this year that it's not just been busy, it's been stressful and it's been exhausting. At one point, I even found myself falling into that trap of thinking in my mind, if I can just make it through that last Christmas Eve service, everything is going to be okay. And I, I say I, I, I've caught myself falling into that trap because I don't. that's not the way that I want to live. That's not the mentality I want to have because I don't want to, I don't want to just try to survive my life. I want to enjoy my life, but that's not been my experience for the most part in the month of December. And last Tuesday, uh, I remember getting up thinking about how busy the day was going to be because I knew I had things on my to-do list that would, would start as soon as I walked in the doors of church, walked in the doors of my office on Tuesday, that would take me all the way into Tuesday evening. And and that's the way it was. I don't think I got home Tuesday night uh, from church until around nine o'clock or a little bit after. And I could feel the weight of that on my heart as I sat down for my morning quiet time. I've been reading an Advent devotional through the month of December, and my devotion for this past Tuesday was simply called God's Grace at Christmas. It was based on just a single verse from that familiar story of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2. It was verse 14, Luke chapter 2 and verse 14. So right after uh, Jesus was born, an angel appeared to shepherds who were out in the fields watching <clears throat> over their flocks at night, and the angel told them that the, the Savior had been born, and then all of a sudden, if you remember, uh, a great company of the heavenly hosts showed up and, and accompanied that angel, and, and they began to sing. And this is what verse 14 says. They began to sing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Note this, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And my devotion that day went on to say, one of the greatest gifts that Christmas brings is the favor of God. But there is another word that is more familiar to most of us than favor. That's the word grace. At Christmas, we are given two great gifts. We, excuse me, we are given the two greatest gifts we could ever hope for, peace and grace. We're given peace with, peace with God because of the grace of God. Now, I'm not gonna read my entire devotion to you today, but I will tell you that when I read those words, I had one of those light bulb moments. 
um, because all of a sudden I began to think about something that for whatever reason I seem to have forgotten. And here it is. I'll just say it like this. I began to think of the truth that because I have peace with God through my faith and trust in Jesus, I can experience peace in my life no matter what's happening around me because the peace I have with God and from God will always be greater than any amount of difficulty that comes into my life. And the more I thought about that, the more I began to sense God really using that to speak to my heart and all the busyness and all the stress and all the exhaustion that I was feeling. And eventually these words came into my mind and I believe they came into my mind because of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me directed that. But I began to think about these words from Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Uh, in that verse, the prophet Isaiah is talking about God and he says about God, you will keep in perfect peace there's that moment, that word again. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. I wasn't feeling very peaceful when I sat down to read that devotion. I wasn't feeling very peaceful throughout the entire month of December, but that was not because peace wasn't available to me. It was because I wasn't leaning on the peace of God. I wasn't leaning on the peace that God was making available to me. And I say leaning on because that's what, what that word steadfast means in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament. When Isaiah 26, 3 says this about God, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. He's talking about the person whose mind leans on, no matter what's happening, is always leaning on the peace that God offers that comes when we trust in God. Our minds are steadfast when we choose to lean on God no matter what's happening around us. And as a result, one of the things we experience is what I was missing in my life. And that's peace. And so the Christmas story in Luke chapter two, a story that I love and honestly a story that I'm so familiar with that I can almost quote from memory, suddenly had a new or maybe I should say a renewed meaning for my life. And it all came from those words that I have heard and read more times than I can even guess. Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, when this heavenly host, this heavenly angelic choir sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, first and foremost, they were announcing the truth that the opportunity for peace had entered the world in the person of Jesus when he was born that night in Bethlehem. By the way, I, I can't help every time I, I, I think about that <clears throat> scene and, and the angels making that announcement to the shepherd or the angel making that announcement to the shepherd and then all of a sudden being accompanied by that great company of the heavenly host. I can't, I can't help but think about what an incredible scene that must have been like. And here's why I say that. <clears throat> because those, those two words, uh, great company in my Bible, my NIV Bible, for example, Luke chapter 2 and verse 13 says, uh, after the angel made the announcement of Jesus' birth to the, to the shepherds, it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, and then they went on to sing, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Those two words, great company, come from just a single word in the Greek language of the New Testament, and that's the Greek word murios. 
And what's interesting about the Greek word murios is that it has two meanings. If you, if you look it up, one meaning is uh, 10,000. It gives the, that number, 10,000, as the meaning. But the other meaning uh, is a word, and uh, just one single word, it's the word countless. And so how do we reconcile those two things? How can that word mean 10,000 on the one hand and a countless number on the other hand? Well, here's the reason. 10,000 is the highest number that uh, you can find a word for in the Greek language, and that's that word murios. And so literally, it doesn't mean 10,000 in the sense of an exact number. It means 10,000 in that they're saying, that's the largest number I can even think of. When it, when it comes to a countless number, that's the largest number I can think of. It'd be like, you know, you asking me a question about how many people were at a certain place, and I say, I don't know, maybe a bazillion. It's because in my mind, that's the, that's the word that describes the greatest number I can think of. And so when I get that picture in my mind, I just imagine that all of heaven on that evening, everything in front of those shepherds, everything to the left, everything to the right, everything behind them, the entire sky was lit up by this great company of the heavenly host singing these words, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And I think that's an incredible, an incredible thought because it was an incredible scene and an incredible moment in history. But here's what that announcement in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Here's what that means. <clears throat> it, or here's what we need to understand first. They were announcing what we might call salvation peace. We need to understand that about those words. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Those, those angels were announcing salvation peace. They weren't talking about peace in the sense of comfort of mind or rest of spirit or anything like that. They were praising God because he had sent his son into the world to ultimately make it possible for all men everywhere to live at peace with God. But beyond that, we also need to understand that it's that salvation peace that we can experience with God that makes every other kind of peace possible in our lives, even peace during the difficult and the challenging and the stressful, exhausting moments or, in my case, months of life. So when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate peace. Peace with God, that comes first, but also the peace of God that is available to us because we have peace with God. And this peace that I'm talking about, this practical peace, the peace of God that can be a part of our lives no matter what's happening around us is so special and so unique because it's unlike any peace that we could ever discover in this world. And here's why I say that. There's a great verse in Philippians chapter four. It's verse seven. The apostle Paul is winding down his letter to the church in Philippi and he just, he's just told them in verse six that, that, they can, that whatever they're anxious about, whatever they're worried about, they need to pray about it. He said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And then in verse seven, he says, this is the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to that again. He says, this is the result of not worrying about anything, but praying about everything. And the peace of God, what is available to all of us when we have peace with God, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That word transcends. It's an incredible word. It, it, it literally means to go beyond or to exceed. It will go beyond. The peace of God will go beyond and exceed all understanding. In other words, it's, it's something that is beyond human understanding. It's beyond human intellect. It's beyond human analysis. It's beyond human insight. It's beyond human anything. It can't be understood by the human mind because in the human mind, we think of peace primarily as the absence of conflict, the absence of stress, or the absence of anything that's broken in our lives. But biblical peace is so much greater than that. Biblical peace is what happens when you take the action to restore whatever it is that's broken. That's why salvation is called peace with God. Because on our own, we're separated from God because our relationship with God is broken as a result of our sin. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, we're no longer separated from God. Our relationship is not broken. Now it's restored or made right. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus did for us when he took our place on the cross. You see that in these words from Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, the relationship with God was broken, have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. Now it's been restored. And that's why we have peace with God. That's the way it reads in my NIV Bible. Listen to the way it reads in the Living Bible. But now you belong to Christ Jesus. And though you once were far away from God, once your life was broken, now you have been brought very near to him. It's been restored because of what Jesus Christ has done for you with his blood, by shedding his blood on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. That's how we experience salvation peace. That's how we experience peace with God. Our lives that were broken because sin separated us from God have now been restored through our faith and trust in Jesus and what he accomplished for us when he died for our sin on the cross. But what about peace, the peace of God in our day-to-day -day lives? How do we experience that? How do we experience that peace when we feel overwhelmed by busyness and stress and disappointment and difficulty and so many other things? Well, here's my answer to that question. We let our faith in God restore, and that's the key word here, friends. We let our faith in God restore all the moments of our lives by trusting that God holds all those moments in his hand. And that as he holds them in his hand, he's involved in each of them, leading us and teaching us and refining us and using us to accomplish his purpose and his will for each of us every single day of our lives and see that's what I had lost sight of in the busyness of my life I thought my life was just spinning out of control but nothing about my life is ever out of control because because God who who I have peace with 
is holding my life and every moment of my life in his hand. He's involved in every moment of my life. And that piece is the most amazing thing. I mean, seeing, seeing or understanding or realizing the peace of God in your life or in someone's life, that's the most amazing thing because as Paul said, it transcends human understanding. Let, let, me, let me give you an example of that. Several weeks ago, it was a Saturday night, Sandy and I were sitting right here in, in our living room and we got a call that uh, a woman in our church, longtime member of our church, that we both love deeply, that is such a great friend to Sandy, I mean, really, probably her closest friend in the entire church, had been taken to the hospital and was not going to survive the night. Um, she had gone to the hospital earlier in the week and then had a surgery that I think was fairly routine and by all accounts the surgery had gone successful and she'd been sent home to recover but something happened and and she started to uh, deteriorate they took her to the hospital and after an examination they were able to determine what the problem was and they just there was no way that they could solve that problem and so she was not going to survive the night well we were heartbroken and uncertain at first what to do it's, you know, difficult to get into the hospital to see anybody these days unless you're a family. But as I said, well, let's just go to the hospital. We got in the car and got to the hospital. It was midnight or later when we got there. And um, I went and talked to the uh, woman who was at the desk in the ICU. And thankfully, I think God was a part of this. They let us in. And so we went back to the ICU and to a large room where she was. And pretty much her entire family was there. They were all gathered around. And she was struggling but she was alert and um, she understood what was happening. She was struggling. She was having a hard time breathing. I don't think she was any pain, but she was completely 100% alert. And what, what was so amazing about that moment, she knew full well everything that was happening and that the doctors said that she was not going to survive the night. She knew that she was with her family and her loved ones for the last time at least in this world. And yet, there was no fear. There was no panic. There weren't even any tears. We gathered around her bed. We sang. We prayed. And one by one, she told every single person there, family members, to just friends like Sandy and I. How much she loved them, how proud she was of them, and how thankful she was for their lives and the connection of their lives, and on and on. She even left some words of encouragement and even instruction to her family. And it was just the most remarkable thing because in the midst of the sadness and the grief, there was this overwhelming sense of peace. And again, it makes Paul's words in Philippians chapter four so real. And the peace of God, which transcends, 
all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It was the most amazing thing. So let me just leave you with two Christmas wishes. Maybe I should say with two Christmas prayers. This, this would be my two Christmas wishes or prayers for everyone listening. My first one is that you are someone who knows for sure that you have experienced in your life peace with God. You've come to a place in your life where you recognized the reality of your own sin that separates you from God and the inability to do anything about that sin on your own. And so you've surrendered your life in complete faith and trust to Jesus and what he accomplished when he died on the cross and paid the penalty for your sins, for all of our sins, once for all time. You've surrendered your life in complete faith and trust to him. You know, you've, you've accompanied that with uh, a change of life. The Bible calls that repentance. Now you, you want to live for God every day of your life. You've expressed that faith through, through baptism, which the scriptures command us to do. And every day of your life is a confession of your faith in Christ. If you have questions about that and you'd like to learn more, understand more, then please reach out to the online host and we'll make sure that you have the opportunity to speak to someone who can help you understand that on a deeper level. My second Christmas wish or my second Christmas prayer is that is simply that peace, the peace of God, would permeate every part of your life, every day of your life, even the most difficult days of your life. That's what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Since I live at peace with God, to let the peace of God guard my heart and my mind every day of my life. And here's one simple thing that I'm going to do to try to make that happen. I'm going to add these words to a prayer every single day. I'm just simply going to say, Lord, help me to experience the peace that comes from knowing you are at work, restoring every moment of my life today and every day for your purpose, and for your will. That's what we have to hang on to. I pray that you've had a great Christmas. I pray that you have drawn close to family and friends and loved ones, but even more than that, I pray that you have, you have drawn close to the Lord and you've been overwhelmed with his goodness and that now you will be overwhelmed no matter what you face in life with the reality of his peace. I want you to pray with me. Father, thank you for our time together. I pray your blessing on everyone who's listening. We thank you that because of Jesus, we can have peace with you and that when we have peace with you, we have your peace available to us every day of our lives. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.